but we're going to take a couple early looks on the upcoming pay-per-view run down the main card and then just a line movement that I see going on on the prelims and things to keep an eye out for. As everybody knows in the main event, we got Amanda Nunes going up against Juliana Pena in the rematch of a fight that cost people a lot of money. Amanda Nunes being the goat coming into that fight was over a minus 1000 favorite. Nobody really saw that coming. And there's a lot of speculation going into that fight. A lot of things that were pointed out about this fight whenever it originally happened was the fact that Amanda Nunes had COVID leading into it and that this was kind of her first jump down and weight to the 125 division in quite some time as she was up there defending, or 135, sorry, as she was up there defending the 145 division t- title. Um, we obviously know that Amanda Nunes is the rightful favorite in this. It's kind of surprising to see the line at minus 275 with the return on Julianne Penny and being a plus 230. Um, we just don't really know where Amanda Nunes is going to be at. She came in off the ultimate fighter and, you know, as much as it was a competitive season and stuff like that, you know, it seems to me at this time in her point or this time in her life, she's 34 years old. You kind of have to question if she really still wants to be in there anymore, because if Amanda Nunes shows up, she beats Julia Pen- Juliana Pena in every single aspect of this fight. But once again, she just had a kid. She's 34 years old. She's kind of been doing this for so long that I don't know if she's going to come in here as prepared as everybody thinks she's going to. So I feel like there's a lot of narrative going into this. Um, I don't hate anybody that takes the dog shot on Juliana Pena. It's just one of these things where, as for a money line, it's definitely a stay away. Um, the fight doesn't go the distance. It's probably the best way to play this, as Juliana Pena does generally get finished in most of her losses. And with Amanda Nunes, she got finished in the last fight too. So if she comes in, shows any of those cardio issues or anything like that, you're going to kind of find yourself in the same scenario. Right now, if you look at the fight goes the distance line, you are sitting at, one second here, minus 300 for no. So it's a little bit of a juicy play, but it kind of covers both angles on this. It saves you from laying the chalk on Amanda Nunez. Just have the same thing happen with Pena. So um, I'll start with Nunez in this one. I think she definitely does get this done. But as I said, there's a lot of the narratives going into this, and you can't really bet on things you don't know. So fight goes or fight doesn't go the distance at minus 300 is definitely the play. In the co-main adventure of the interim title fights between Brandon Moreno and Kai Kara France. And I'll be the first to say, I wasn't really a big Kai Kara France believer in the beginning. Um, he definitely had some fight performances that, that were kind of lackluster. And just not really a guy I felt like I can get behind. In his last fight against Askar Askarov, the whole world was on Askar. And he just came out here and showed that he's a dog and that he wants to be in there. And that he wants to be able to get this done and kind of cement his spot in the flyweight division. Brandon Moreno, on the other hand, is coming off that loss to Davidson Figueredo in one of the best trilogies we've ever had. Um, the first fight was very close. The second fight, Brandon Moreno got it done early, but there was a lot of issues with Figueredo going into that one. And in the third fight, it was one. It was very highly competitive, but I thought Figueredo won and thought the right man got his hand raised there. Brandon Moreno is a super scrappy fighter, comes in throwing bombs, but in the flyweight division, as you know, you don't really have the same types of KOs and or finishes. He is capable of getting the job done, but Kaikar France is super durable. 
if there is a finish in this fight, I definitely see it coming from the Kai Car France side, just because Kai Car France is a guy that comes in here and whenever he throws bombs, he's one of these guys that kind of has, you know, some power in the division. And you don't see that too much in the flyweight division. Um, if you're looking at Kai Car France by KO, it's sitting at plus 475 right now, which isn't a bad look at all if you're looking for props. Um, Right now, Brandon Moreno by points, sitting at a plus 130, though, and that's definitely the way I would attack this fight. If you don't really know who's going to win, as I said, I highly anticipate this fight to go the distance and a fight that, you know, could be one that we look back at and it's just, you know, type of fight you want to rewatch again. Both these guys have the ability to make this a very competitive fight. And if Kai shows up like he did against Askarov, this fight's going to be a lot closer. But I just think the pace, the pressure – and everything Brandon Moreno brings to the table is just going to be what makes this um, his fight. Another sneaky play that you can look at, as we know this is going to be a very close fight, is Brandon Moreno by a split decision. Don't currently have a line on that right now, but whenever DraftKings drops their lines, that will definitely be something I'm going to look at. Or just the fight ends in a split decision, because if Sal is refereeing this one, or as a sells a, a judge on this card, we all know how these things go. On the next fight down the card, you have Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. This is kind of an interesting fight. Um, Sergey got signed to the UFC, and he really was inactive, and I think a lot of that was due to COVID. He really didn't fight much between. Um, well, I can't say it's due to COVID, but. I think a fair bit of it has to have to do with that because, you know, he had three canceled fights between 2020 and 2021 before he made his return in 2022 against Shamil, where he was able to get rid of him in the first round. Um, I feel like a lot of people, at least in the betting perspective, are overlooking uh, Sergey in the spot. I think that the thing with Derek Lewis, right, and we all know, this time and time again is that if you're looking from a betting perspective, you're always betting Derek Lewis by KO because that's what he does. He's not a high output fighter. He's not a very good wrestler. He's not somebody that even has very good striking. He's just one of these guys that clips people and they go to sleep. Um, this is a bigger cage. This is going to favor Sergey a little bit. He has more of the kickboxing fundamentals and the Muay Thai style fighter. And I think that he's going to be able to just utilize this and, just kind of, you know, dance around the cage. I know a lot of people are looking at this fight to end inside the distance, and I'm sure the lines are going to reflect that just the same. Um, with fight not going the distance at minus 600 right now. So it's obscene odds. Um, and I don't hate the stab on Sergey by decision. It's plus 600 right now. And I think if he's smart, he's going to avoid the power shots of Derek Lewis. And I don't think he's going to engage in a firefight in this fight. I see him dancing around the ring, just landing leg kicks, kind of doing not what Volkan did at UFC London, but kind of implementing like a similar style where he's not going to give in to how Derek Lewis is going to win this fight. Because he knows, like, if he gets into a firefight here, he's going to go to sleep. Uh, this line was lined up as a pick him last time I looked at it. Right now it's sitting with Sergey at a minus 130. I probably project this line to keep growing a little bit, but come fight night, I feel money will come back in on Lewis because he's a fan favorite. But ironically enough, he has never won in Texas. So he's fighting his hometown again. 
they probably set this fight up so that he could finally get a win inside of his hometown. But we'll see how this one goes. I'm gonna start with Sergey in this one. Um, and I think Sergey either gets it done by KO or he gets it done by decision. But as I said, a plus 600. I do not hate a stab on that. It's a three-round fight. It's a big cage. And unfortunately, if you're fighting Derek Lewis, you're probably going to want to do a lot of running. You're going to want to work with your jab, land your kicks, and get the fuck out of there because he's going to start swinging. And if he hit, clips you with literally anything, you're probably going to go to sleep. Moving on down on this card, we have... Alexandra Pantoja going up against Alex Perez. Um, this one's a little bit tough because we haven't seen Perez in a while, but Perez has had trouble making weight. He's had fights uh, fall out on him. And he's kind of a kill-or-be-killed type of fighter. But if we look over this, man, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six fights that have been canceled in the last two years. He's coming off a loss in the first round to Davidson Figueredo. And... Um, it's not a fight he looked overly impressive in, you know. <clears throat> he's kind of a kill-or-be-killed type of fighter. Like, if he either's, he's either finishing his fighters or he's getting finished himself. <clears throat> and um, I think he's just – I think it's a bad fight. I think after all – or I think after this long layoff, I think they should have matched him up with somebody a little bit lower in the division. I don't really see a world where he wins this fight. Um, Alexandre Pantoja – the guy's got phenomenal striking, amazing grappling. If he gets you to the ground, he can put you in positions you don't want to be in, and he could probably go for the submission just the same. We saw that happen with Brandon Morivelle. Um, And he's just going to be the much better fighter on this card. This is definitely a parlay piece, definitely a spot I think you should plant your flag and, you know, run with it. On this card, it's a pretty dicey one. Like, there's a lot of fights that really can go either way. So, this is one that I'm definitely more confident in. And um, I think Pantoja gets it done. And I think he probably gets it done inside of the distance. If you look at the lines right now, you have Pantoja that's sitting at... Hold this shit up here. Yeah, Pantoja right now is a minus 177. It's kind of a... Kind of an odd line there. Um, but I think there's some value here. You know, the fight doesn't go the distance as a plus 100. And as I was saying earlier, like Perez, he finishes his fights or he gets finished. And I think uh, Pantoja is really going to be able to get it done in this one. Pantoja by KO is plus 700. Pantoja by submission is plus 600. So I like both these odds on this one. This is definitely a spot that I think you can hammer. And honestly, I like the submission because – I feel like Perez is going to try and get this to the ground. And I think Pantoja is going to be able to wrap him up in something. So give me Alexander Pantoja at plus 600. Let's call it a day. Moving on down on this card. Just a sec here. We have Magomed and Kaliyev going up against Anthony Smith. Now, this is a fight where I'm actually heavily confident in, and I know all the world is on Megamod. And if you look at the line, it heavily represents him with him sitting at around a minus 500 on some books. But, like, I do not understand this line at all. I think with Megamod, he would need to wrestle. And if you look at the stats behind his wrestling, he only averages about one takedown per fight, which isn't going to be enough to get Smith out of there. He's super low volume. 
And with Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith throws caution in the wind. He's got good leg kicks. He's got good body kicks. He got, has good punches. His boxing is crisp. He's got over 40 MMA fights. So I don't understand where the line is at all in this one. Um, I think he's going to be able to frustrate. Uh, I think he's going to be able to frustrate Megamod on the feet. And I got a weird narrative for this one, man. I think he's going to shoot for a takedown. And yeah, he's minus 600 on uh, Ben Line right now. That's, that's insane. But um, I think Megamod's going to get frustrated with the kicks. He's going to shoot for a takedown. And I think Anthony Smith is going to wrap up a submission. And right now, that submission prop is sitting at a plus 1,600. So you can definitely see a sprinkle coming my way on that one. Some obscene odds for a guy that's been proven time and time again. It's just the thing with Anthony Smith is Anthony Smith kind of has mental laps. And, you know, he tends to not always show up. He's talked before about how he has anxiety going into these fights and how sometimes he's just not mentally prepared for them the way he thinks he should be. So... That's always a sign to keep in mind. But I don't recommend parlaying Megamod at minus 600. I don't like Megamod by points. Is sitting at a plus 125. That brings it down a little bit. But I don't see him finishing this fight. In retrospect, you know, he doesn't have that many finishes on his record. Like... He went to a decision over five rounds with Diego Santos, went to a decision with Volkan, went to a decision with Krylov. So, went or he had the KO win over Ian Kudalaba, went to a decision with Kiltan Abru. Um, So, the, really, the only guy that's got, the only people these guys, this guy was finishing were on the regional scene. So, just keep that in mind if you're looking at betting violence. You can also bet the over in this fight. The over right now is sitting at... Um, a minus 110. I think that's a good piece as well. I feel like that kind of covers both your angles because I said there's only a three round fight. And unless you're like me, who's going to take the plus 1600 stab on, uh, on Smith, I think this fight probably goes to a decision. That kind of wraps up the main card there. We're not going to call it that it here, but Kelman, I will have a show coming out later this week where we are going to touch on the lower half of this card. There's just no props or anything available for it right now. Um, there is a couple fights that I do want to address just quickly that you should jump on. Um, I think the Drew Dober line right now is something that's going to get blown up a little bit. I think Drew Dober is definitely, uh, one of the guys on those cards that I would actually want to parlay just because I think with Rafael Alves taking this fight on short notice, am I looking at the right guy? Am I lying to you guys here? Yeah. With Rafael Alves taking this fight on short notice. I just think that his gasting is going to uh, is going to be appear to be a problem, and that may be something that he runs into. So I would keep an eye out on that. Um, yeah, right now if we look at the Drew Dober line, he opened up at a minus two hundred five. He's now minus two fifty. They're expecting this line to close. No, so he opened at minus three hundred. Um, it's a closing range is between a minus 250 and a minus 194, depending on the book you're looking at. It's definitely a line I'd get on now, though, because I can see money coming in on him as the week progresses. Another fight, I don't know if they're going to give it to me. They do. Another fight that you should jump on now is Dontel Mays. He opened up in a plus 100 against a guy that's like 3-0, and completely unproven, just pretty much a bare-knuckle boxer. I wish I got that plus 100 because I would have hammered it. And um, 
Right now, they're saying the closing range is going to be minus 165. He's sitting at around a minus 115 right now. So there's definitely a line I would get on as soon as you can because that's another spot where I feel like you can lay the hammer on on this card. And um, last but not least, um, a sec here. I think you should jump on the Nikolai line as a dog. That line keeps closing. Um, he opened up in a plus 170 dog. And whenever it comes to Ehor, man, like this guy's coming out of the contender series. And although he got a KO in that fight, he absorbed more punches than he took. And he didn't look good doing it. It was just wild hooks. And he just, he's not good. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I tape setting this fight it was kind of painful just to <laughs> see what this guy does. Like, He's super easy to take down. And a lot of the fights he wins is just because his opponent gasses and he just throws wild hooks till he hits you. Uh, Nikola Negromanov is not one of the UFC's best, but he's been in there with tough guys. And he's very much able to um, to control this fight, I think. I think he's been able to get him down. And I feel like, honestly, just the gas tank alone is what's going to cause your problems. So... Definitely a line I would jump on and maintain your plus money on it because the way they're projecting the line, it could be flipped by the time this comes out. So thanks, guys, for listening. This is an early take on UFC Pena versus Nunes 2. Um, as I said, there's a lot of trap spots on this. There's not the, This isn't the greatest card for betting, to be honest. There's a lot of spots that are kind of 50-50. Uh, I suggest targeting over under props. It's probably the best way to go about this one. Just because, as I said, the money lines aren't really there. It's a lot of low-level heavyweights, low-level women's MMA, and flyweight fights. So kind of three things I don't personally like to touch, just in retrospect to the fact that there's high variables. Things can go either way. Most of these fights will either go to a decision if we're talking about women's MMA or we're talking about flyweights. And we all know that judging has been a little fucky recently. So you could have your ticket stolen from you. And in retrospect, on the other end, if you're talking about low-level heavyweights, talking about guys with very little experience that just are dumb heavy. So whenever they start winging hooks, it doesn't really matter who's favorite. It's whoever lands first. So it doesn't take a lot of technique whenever you're 265 throwing a left hook at somebody's jaw. So just keep these things in mind. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't doubt podcast. We will have something else out later this week. Cheers.